welcome to the Green Man Podcast. The Green Man Podcast. Tingrandoig Podcasting with Green Man Podcast. Hello friends, it is Alicia Scott. You are listening to the Green Man Podcast and I'm with some very special people. Sabrina, Pia and Naya, aka Say She She. Hiya, hens. <laughs> Hi. You okay? I don't know how I going? feel about being called special. You are special. <laughs> I'm very excited for the show tonight. How are you feeling? Wonderful. Fantastic. Woo. <laughs> Love to see it. How's your travels been? Oh, pretty good. I mean, uh, we've got some naps on the planes and in the buses and uh, smooth rides, wonderful uh, drivers and just good times. So big question. <laughs> Where's your favorite food being? Oh, um, well, we arrived and went straight to the, the curry um, booth. Go and curry. Uh, it, was it was Indonesian curry. The Ooh. coconut curry with the chicken was Ooh. 10 out of 10. I've, basically, I've tried basically almost all the food now. Yeah, I need to stop basically. I'm glad it's the last day just because I cannot eat anymore, but oh, I will no. try. Well, every time they come to England to visit, they get fed a lot of curry because <laughs> me being Indian, as soon as we land, my mum's like, right, come to the house. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody She's got eats. all the big pots going and, and yeah, the whole band get pretty well fed every Love single that, time. Love Oh yeah, it's literally the highlight of the London trip. Love that. <laughs> yeah. How are you feeling about tonight's show and what can we expect? Ooh, well, we're very excited. I've always wanted to play at Green Man, so this is like a dream come true. And obviously the amazing views behind us. And I feel like we've got such an incredible stage, the walled garden. It's so cool. I love the walled garden. <laughs> I think so it's beautiful. like openly intimate. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. I feel like that probably doesn't make sense. But if you've been there, if you know, you know. Any surprises for us? A little bit of protesting, a little Ooh. bit of, a little bit of dancing, hopefully okay. some sing along. Okay. Um, but I'm excited that we're playing right at eight for the sunset. Love so that. that be what nice. a perfect time. Think of a setting. Walled garden, nice scenery, nice people, and, and the uh, sun setting. And some new tracks and off say our next she record. She. What? <laughs> yes. Love we that. We announced our record. Wait, 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 wait. Yep. Let's take it back a little Come bit. On. New tracks. <laughs> new tracks. Okay, tell us. Off the upcoming record. Our record's called Silver, and it's going to be out on September the 29th. When's it going to be out? September the 29th. Okay. <laughs> put really my sales voice on. <laughs> September the 29th. Brand new record from Say She She. Is that a sales voice, or is that just the voice? you don't want to listen to we want to listen we always want to listen to your voice it's fine <laughs> yeah right try telling that to this lot at six in the morning when i'm trying to get hi up. guys <laughs> good morning <laughs> who's the morning person of the band Peter, is it you no it's no not it's actually. not it's sabrina sabrina yeah. okay that's because she's been awake all night she just hasn't slept so she's, <laughs> she's still going first one up <laughs> no, no i'm the night owl for sure <laughs> okay naya what, what's your place in the band what, what would you tag yourself as I'm sometimes morning. I'm definitely not a night owl. Okay. <laughs> need your sleep. Yeah, I definitely need my sleep. My peak is in the afternoon. <laughs> Love that for you. My peak is any time after food, I think. I'm yeah. okay. Yeah. Just got to take disco naps throughout the day, right? Disco naps. I yeah. Oh, my God. Nobody... I've always called them disco naps. No one ever's called them it's disco the naps. I'm glad you've really said that. There you go. Love that. Disco fries and then a disco it's nap. Like a ten minutes, just like a little <laughs> lid shirt. Get off the burn from your lid and then you're good to go. <laughs> See, to me, that's just a tease. It's oh. just doesn't do anything. Look, tiny body almost say, oh no, get up now, go. <laughs> I usually get up, go eat. Disco naps definitely don't work for me because as soon as I'm falling asleep, it's like the end. It's like 30 minutes my eye, it takes for, for my eyes to close. You just need 40 winks though, don't you? 40 winks. 40 winks. <laughs> Can you tell me about Astral Plane, please? So your latest release, how's it going? How's it gone? How did it start? 
the the release yes <laughs> it's been so fun it's been such an amazing reception and we're super excited and the the song is like super special it was a certain person's diary entry that inspired it um don't know if you can guess which one of us but maybe you need to spend more time <laughs> to see who's the romantic daydreamer <laughs> Cute. what was the inspiration of the curation of the music though where did that take you how did it start Oh gosh, I think there the references for that one. It was like there's something about these old mini Ripperton tracks where there was almost like I forget what song it was, but there was like a choir of women in the background singing quite low and and to me that was super inspiring. But also just our band, they, you know, we throw an idea out and they come up with such beautiful chord changes. I don't know, it really came together like quite organically, but the the whole thing started from yeah, meet my lover on an astral plane. So that kind of puts you in a a certain headspace um, and I don't know like a I don't know a dreamy dreamy sonic sort of uh, place but yeah. um, and we sort of we, we all listen everyone in the band listens to a lot of old music and like stuff from the late 70s and mid 70s I think that whole era is like very inspiring to us and even the way that we record is quite similar to those old techniques it's very analog we use a tape machine and so everything's just played live and uh, when we write a song we start in the morning and we're just playing and playing and playing and recording everything until we like okay we've locked in a groove and then we pen the lyrics really fast we talk to each other a lot first and then you know we'll just be jotting down lyrics and like they'll come and flow very quickly and then it's a case of just like reshaping them and backing and forth like what do you think of this what do you think of that and someone will throw in another you know line or two and there you have it there's the song and by the end of the day we've finished recording so that's the inspiration for that song and really the method for all of our writing and for the whole of Silver, it came together in two weeks of this is intense every day as a different song and a different mood and you're channeling a different emotion and different stories and then of course it's really sweet because it can start with one person's story and there's three of us sharing our life experiences and having been friends forever so you can remind each other of like remember that yeah. guy that was put that asleep. in put that in <laughs> yeah like oh this one's about your bad boyfriend that I hated <laughs> no shade who am I writing about? Yeah, well, they, I feel like now everyone who kind of like remotely thinks about dating us are like, uh, hang on, wait, there's going to be a song. song about me if this doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, yeah, probably. <laughs> Naya, what would you say is your favorite part of traveling and performing? Oh, my favorite part of performing definitely is experiencing the people of each city or town or, or place. Like, it's always a different vibe, it's always a different connection, and it's like you look forward to having that exchange of energy and that conversation when you're on stage and when they're receiving. Exchange. And it's, it's an exchange between the audience and the artist, and it's like, it's always different, and it's it's wonderful to, it's, you know, you come very curious to a place you've never been, and you're like, I wonder what these people are going to be like, I wonder how this conversation is going to go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Lush. I'm going to ask all of you, last question I'm going to ask. Thank you so much for having a chat with us on the Green Man podcast. Sabrina, I'll start with you. If you could, for the band, I'm going to ask you each separately, who would you love to collaborate? If it could be anybody, past or here? Well, I'm going to take the easy one because I'm going first. Um, I would say Niall Rogers. Ooh, yeah. Inspiration? Big inspiration for us. Um, you know, it, our naming the band, we named the band as a silent nod to... Niall Rogers, just because we're, you know, so inspired by his just, you know, 
his musicality and his production skills and everything him him as a musician he's just legend you know so prolific and has worked with so many incredible artists and behind the scenes and in the forefront of chic of course but yeah i would say we would absolutely love to <laughs> work with him on something amazing one day. if you're listening <laughs> Pia, who would you choose? Um, no, he's a good one, by the way, because also, like, he's had this crazy life and just, like, gone through quite a lot of adversity from such a young age. And I think we really respected that somebody who's kind of had hardship could still bring so much joy to the world, make that their, their purpose and put something out that just makes people dance. And even if you don't like the music, you know the songs and it's maybe not his music, but somebody else's music. Maybe you think you never knew that he worked with Bowie and then you love that song and he's just touched so much of the music industry and um, I think that's pretty cool but for me if I was to be asked it would I would love to work with Asha Putli she's not like mainstream or very well known but um, for any listeners who don't know who she is I'm excited because you could just like google that stuff now because you're going to just be opened up to the most what I think is just this ethereal voice really interesting story she's an Indian woman that moved to New York and kind of like became a little bit of a socialite through her music but was just really free to do what she wanted and was making music that like was true to her voice and true to her expression and a lot of jazz influence and then like some dance tracks that came out and there's a track called Space Talk that I definitely like I feel like that song changed my life because I was like oh yeah <laughs> you can just be all the things that you are and it's good <laughs> and so yeah definitely that would be a dream collab for me to work with um Asha Putli for like say she she to do a song with her would be like ah! and obviously like if we were like forming a whole band I would still keep everyone in our band I would just add more people oh okay <laughs> super group <laughs> yeah because I lo- like these are my besties like it's taken us years to find this so in some ways I feel like you know, just so lucky because I feel like we kind of have our dream situation right now. Musically, you know? I love that. Well, this is a very hard question because there's so many people, but um, I will say I really love Salt. Um, I Even though yes. I, it would be a super group too because we got to have our guys and Salt together like collaborating. That would like, be amazing. Like, yeah, I mean, I just love them so much and um, the, the way that they switch it up and the different genres and the different expressions and the different uh, tones and I feel like we kind of do similar things not sounding the same but uh, I think they would really work together beautifully Um, it's like a dream because I love all of their stuff and it'd be cool to be anonymous first and like you know come on one of their tracks like how they they release things and then like no let's say she she I mean I don't know it's very cool <laughs> oh no I, I am 100% here for that <laughs> they're, they're so cute too because I think Inflo and Cleo Soul have a baby together yeah, don't they, they? Do. and it's just like oh they're like in love and it's a family and it's just you can feel that in their music oh, 100%. you can feel that love between Most them and definitely I, I hope people feel that between us as well when they hear our songs like there is you know like things were made in the cap in a time capsule and the next record Silver just for us is like very moving because it just it takes me right back to that moment where we're all just discovering our own our own um, boundless limitations too you know pushing ourselves really hard it was super intense and you're like 
you know, you put so much pressure on yourself to deliver, especially when you know you have one day to write this song. And it's vulnerability every day, as well, isn't it? Like, like you put your whole selves into it. Yeah, but we're so lucky because if one person's like having a day where they're like feeling less inspired, you've got the other two to just, yeah. Come well, on. not just the other two, everyone in the room. So, you know, there's seven of us pouring ideas and energy into it and, yeah, like recording and writing with the live band and especially having the drums there. That's like not something a lot of writers do, but we love to do that because it just changes what comes out of you for sure, doesn't it? I think it's important. It brings all the energy to the forefront and, and you deliver. Oh my gosh, with, the, with everyone, just a Dale on bass and Sam on drums, Serge, our producer, and on guitar, um, and then Dan. They all just have such incredible taste. And when it's, I don't know, they know how to like like weave in and out of each other's parts and just, uh, you know, arrange such a, I don't know, they're just, they're incredible. We just feel so lucky that we get to to sit in a room with them and write these songs. Well, I feel lucky. I've been able to have a <laughs> chat with you guys today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wolf Garden, 8pm in the sunset. Brand new project, Silver. I'm Yay. excited. <laughs> um, and I look forward to it. Thank you guys so much. Say Shishi. Thank you Thank so you. Tell us your name and what you're creating. I'm Poppy and I'm helping with the Swish Upcycling Workshops. Brilliant. So what is the Swish Upcycling Workshops? The, the Swish is a book my mum has written and these workshops go alongside it. So we're all trying to upcycle all these old clothes from charity shops. My name's Tash Bell and it all stemmed from a book I wrote. I've written a teen novel called The Swish. Um, a teen novel about a young girl who's a bit hard up, having a hard time in life, but she gets her happiness from sewing away in her room and she turns old second-hand clothes into brilliant new outfits and wants to be a designer. And she plucks up the courage to make her own dress for the school ball and takes on the haters and all the rest of it. And um, I went to lots of schools talking about the book and it became clear that lots of young people love the idea of upcycling and sewing, but they just they wouldn't feel that confident about sewing. So we do up- upcycling workshops for youth charities, for young carers, for schools and libraries and um, things like that. And we get kids sewing and we show them how easy it is to it's quite hard to make a dress from scratch. Yeah, if you definitely. go to thrift shops or charity shops and you see a nice dress and have the confidence to take up the hem or take in the waist or cut the sleeves off and have fun with it, it opens up a world of possibilities and it's much better for the planet than fast fashion, which is pretty awful. And it's bad for your pocket, bad for the planet, all the rest of it. Would you say that your wardrobe and your family's wardrobe um, has dramatically kind of changed since your mum started writing this book and uh, creating the workshops. Are you guys sewing all the time? I, I definitely sew quite a lot for school. I do art A level and that definitely takes part in a lot of my work. I think, yeah, our wardrobes are definitely filled with charity shop clothes. We don't really shop at chain stores anymore, really. Nice. It's brilliant that you've all kind of as a family taken on that ethos. Have, um, have you started wearing your own designs? Are you feeling confident yet? I wore a jacket I embroidered to prom, so I just I did wear sort of a waistcoat. I embroidered with wool a tiger head, so I wore that. So. That's great. Prom is a big deal, so to wear your own creation to prom, I think it's quite cool. Did did everyone comment? Did you win best dress? Uh, I didn't win best dress, but lots of people did compliment me, so that was quite good, quite rewarding. There we go, beautiful. Um, and what have we got on going around here? Shall we have a look? We're making, it's really, really clever. We've taken pajama bottoms and you turn them upside down and you wrap your arms and the legs and you cut a hole for your head and then you've got a floaty top. 
brilliant. So it's so yeah. So I've got these massive pajama bottoms, which I've cut the hole in the crotch, and then you stick it on like a top. It's really cool. <laughs> Perfect. So is this something that you've just learned at Greenman or is this something you yeah, do so off? this is an amazing workshop and they're teaching us how to make these tops and also how to make um, shoulderless dresses out of old shirts. Can I ask you, what are you making here? Uh, a dress. Lovely. And do you know what it was before? Was it a Hawaiian shirt? Yeah, a Hawaiian shirt, yeah. Fantastic. Is this the first uh, item of clothing you've ever made yourself? Yeah. Brilliant. So, do you think, do you feel confident that you can wear this to the festival when it's done? Are you feeling confident? Yeah, I think so. Nice, nice. And what have we got here? What are you making? I'm also making a dress. And did you understand what upcycling was before you came here? Because I don't really know what the term technically means. Could you maybe explain it to me? I did a bit, but not as much as I do now. Because I thought it was just like cutting it and that's it but you can do so much more of it to completely give clothes a new lease of life definitely well they're looking beautiful so uh, we're getting pajama bottoms that are turning into a new top beautiful what are you making i'm making the same but my sister's making like a dress out of a shirt fantastic and um have you done this workshop before is this all is this all new to you now yeah, yeah, we came yesterday, we discovered really it a few days ago, um, sewing patches on t-shirts and it was really, really fun and it's just a lovely way to kind of just chill and sort of focus and I don't know, it's, it's strange, it's very relaxing, very therapeutic. Very therapeutic, we like that. So essentially you've got a whole new wardrobe out of just coming to the festival. Which is great because most of our stuff is wet, so it's fantastic. <laughs> Perfect. Um, great, thank you so much. Hello, my name is Beverly Bishop and you're listening to the Green Man podcast. I'm here sitting in the glorious sunshine just outside the Human Library where I was a book yesterday. The Human Library is a place where people can come to and instead of choosing a book, they choose a person. So what happens is um, when you arrive at the library, um, there are some display boards with photographs of people who are the book, so to speak, and, uh, and a book cover. So a little bit about their story, or what their story might be. And then you book a slot with that person and then you take it from there. And what's been really interesting for me is I was part of the Human Library yesterday and, oh my goodness, I was busy all day. I met so many wonderful, wonderful people. And you know, each conversation I had was different, even though my story, if you like, is the same because I'm me, I'm Bev. Um, but the, the people who joined the book or join the person, they, they can ask questions about you and your story. And so I got you know people of all ages, young people, old people, families, um, some people all by themselves or groups of people. Uh, it's just the most delightful thing. And my story is about how I accidentally became a magician. Uh, it happened six months ago. I run an organization called Finding Magic. And Finding Magic is about encouraging people or supporting people to find joy, to be playful and to, to find the thing for them that gives them that, that spark. Um, 
the thing that makes you feel glad to be alive, if you like. And I'm really passionate about this. I, I consider myself to be really lucky. I'm a performer and I've performed the whole of my life and that is the thing that gives me such joy and that makes me feel connected with the world. Some people perhaps haven't found their thing yet. So the organisation I, I run is, is about supporting people to, to find that thing. And I created a show a little while ago called Finding Magic and I was asked to be interviewed on live TV about Finding Magic and I thought what a wonderful opportunity and it was part of a, a mental health uh, week and so I was chuffed to bits to be invited and then I, I sat there quite excited, quite nervous and I was introduced as and our next guest is Beverly Bishop, the magician. And then the presenter asked me if I had a trick. And uh, I was horrified <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. So I kind of bluffed a bit. And then she was saying, well, you know, what kind of magician are you? Not coming onto the program with, you know, with a, with a trick. And, and then she started asking me about magic and and I found myself bluffing because I just didn't like I didn't know what to do in that situation until it got to the stage where I just couldn't bluff any longer and then I said well I've actually come on to talk about mental health but the look of horror on her face it was just awful it was awful and then I found myself in in that moment of panic and I don't know whether um, it's happened to other people when words come out of your mouth and you're not quite sure where they came from but I found myself saying but I really love magic and actually my next show is going to be a magic show so six months ago I committed on live TV to creating a magic show and here I am at the Green Man Festival with a show called The Accidental Magician Interesting for me, where I started in becoming a magician was, I'm a storyteller, um, I guess my trade, I, as a performer, I'm mostly an actor and writer and I create pieces of work that tell stories and um, what interested me I, the fact I did make this commitment to, to creating a magic show, it's like, well, actually, I, I'm going to tell my story. And what interests me in magic is the fact that because magic is very visual, I was thinking, okay, once I've got my story, I need to find tricks that will enhance the story, if you like. And I'm really passionate about mental health thus the organization finding magic and the reason why i'm really passionate about it is uh, you know sadly my my son took his life in 2018 and i don't know what would have made a difference for him but what it has done it, I made a promise to him to live the best life that I can and that's what I'm doing and I thought I owe it to him to take care of my mental health and if I can share with other people what, what helps me then 
hopefully that will make a difference in other people's lives. So that, that's my motivation, if you like. So the tricks, in a sense, even though they say, oh, it's, I'm making a magic show, it's more than that, actually. I'm using magic to assist me in telling the story that, uh, that I, I want to tell. And the story of like, the accidental magician, I guess, is after making that commitment, it's kind of about how magic has been quite important to my mental health over the last six months. Um, for example, I, I do a trick where I make a handkerchief disappear. And, and I say to the audience, you know, how magic is helping me is it gives me focus and I have to practice and in that moment I am in that moment and all my troubles disappear and whilst I'm telling the audience this I'm actually making a handkerchief disappear so demonstrating you know, what I mean if you, if you like. Another trick that uh, I do is an escapology trick. Now I'm fiercely claustrophobic and I and a bit of a worrier, actually. I do get quite anxious about things. So sometimes I kind of, yeah, feel a bit trapped in my own thinking, if you like. Um, and then, then I say to the audience, and I'll show you what I mean. And then I get, you know, audience members up and then they, they tie me up. And then I'm able to set myself free. Um, and then I go on to explain how actually magic is really helping me to just let go of a lot of the anxieties that I have so it's really helping me with just to be a bit calmer in life and I love connecting with people I really love connecting with people which I think for me as a performer connecting with an audience is nothing more beautiful than that and I love interacting with with the audience so I you know, I get people up in a kind way and, and they become part of the trick. Um, I have another trick um, which involves, actually it's, it's a monologue and I do it in the voice of my son, my, uh, my eldest son Sam, who used to drive me nuts when he was a little boy because he loved magic and he was constantly going, go on, pick a card, mum, pick a card, any card you like, go on, pick a card. And you know, then I'd kind of go through the motions of picking the card, but he'd do it at most inappropriate times, like in the car or in the supermarket. You know, it, like he, he, he had no filter in that respect. And as a stressed out mother, I'd be like, Sam, not now. So in the show, there's a monologue in the voice of Sam, going, oh, go on, pick a card, mum, pick a card, any card you like. And, and as I'm doing this monologue, I actually perform the magic trick as, as Sam and a member of the audience becomes mum, if you like, who then picks a card, puts it back in the pack, and Sam shuffles the card, and then he you know, shows the card to be correct. But that's almost like... A side issue to the story, if you like, because I'm telling the story of actually, yeah, th th this is, th you know, this, this is, you know, my, my son um, was really crazy about magic, but actually now magic is really the connecting the two of us because he's 27 now, he's in the RAF up in Lossiemouth, and when I told him about you know, learning magic, um, we spent hours on the phone now talking about like magic ideas and, and actually he's the person I'd often go to when I've said look I've written this scene 
and, and, and I need a trick for this scene. And also, I asked him about this monologue, and I just said, look, I've written this monologue in your voice. Um, can I do it to you, just to check that you're okay with it? Um, and he was chuffed to pieces. And so then we, you know, yeah, so he taught me the, uh, the two card tricks in the show, and he taught me both of them. The thought of co-opting my son uh, into being a glamorous assistant, I would absolutely love that. And actually, I think he's kind of open to the idea in that last time, because he's um, up north, I don't see him that often, but last time I saw him, which was, was about six weeks ago now, and he did actually say, oh, well, maybe, maybe we could do a trick together one day. And I actually think he'd be kind of open to it, which would be a really lovely thing. You know, a mother, yeah, a mother and son thing. Whether we'll do it in public or not, or whether it'll be just uh, family and friends, I don't know. But I just think it'd be such a beautiful thing to do. I have an admission. I, I am 55 years of age, and this is the first time I've ever properly camped at a festival for the full three or four days, which is quite a thing for me. And I have to say, I was quite nervous about it uh, I'm muddy I got very very wet but you know we are in glorious countryside the festival is fantastic and everybody without exception has been so friendly and charming and up for having a, a good time and you know I've been talking about finding magic and I feel that this place is truly magical and actually the people here you know they do have a kind of magic about them and I think it's it sounds a bit crass saying that but I think it's because just people have just got great spirit and they're here to have a good time and people are showing kindness and consideration to each other and it is such a, a beautiful lovely thing so this festival the green man festival i'm not a regular festival goer um, by any means but my goodness gracious i've just had a wonderful time